today on City Cash Chicago. You already know what time it is. It's the end of the week, so we're looking back on a couple of stories with some homies. It's Friday, October 15th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is City Cash Chicago. In the building with me today to look back on the week in Chicago, I got WCIU-TV's Brandon Pope and from Block Club Chicago covering the near south side. I got Jamie Nesbitt-Golden, both great friends of the show. Welcome back to CityCast Chicago, y'all. Hey, good to be back, bro. Same. So before we look back on the week and even look forward on some stories, a question that was on my mind, you know, we in that Halloween season, and so I wanted to ask both of y'all, how y'all feel about horror movies. And Jamie, I'm going to start with you. What's your vibe when it comes to to spooky season and to, and to sitting down for a horror flick? Bring it on. I love it. <laughs> like Halloween is my Christmas. So I I love the horror movies. I pillage the candy. When I take the kid out for trick-or-treating, I get the mommy tax. Like it's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> my favorite horror movie of all, all time since I was like in third grade was Carrie. Like the first time I saw Carrie, I was like, give me telekinesis so I can move things with the power of my mind and just piss people off all the time. Like I want this power. Okay. Carrie is fine. I can't even front on that. So we got one person team, Halloween team, horror movie Pope. How you feel about horror movie genre and, and this season we in? Oh, I love it. I turn, I turn all the lights out. Um, the scarier, the better, man. Uh, I, I love these, this wave of like, horror series that are out. Uh, Netflix has some great ones like The Haunting of Bly Manor. They got a new mm-hmm. one called Midnight Mass that I'm just getting into. So I-, I love being able to just settle in and daring a project to spook me. It's tough to spook me. I ain't never scared, but uh, every <laughs> once in a while, I might get a little jump. Every once in a while. Hey, man. Well, I'm going to have to, I'm going to just go ahead and say this, man. Not only do I not like Halloween because one, it's some childhood shit. We didn't go trick or treating often. We never had like really costumes. So I'm also lazy now. So I don't dress up. And then I don't really like anticipatory fear. I don't like the idea that something is trying to scare me. Like in the, in the horror movies that I said through, the Candy Mans, the It's, like, then you get to the end, it's like, bro, I ain't jump, I ain't scared. Well, what about The Ring? Did you like The Ring? Like, I mean, is this like. I, I, I saw The Ring coming up. I saw The Exorcist. I saw that. What's that one with the the the, the ship that was haunted? That, like, that ghost ship? Oh, ghost ship. Yeah, ghost ship. Literally. Like, what a creative name. <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate that y'all love it and that y'all down and that y'all ain't never scared, but I just. I'm left more times than not unsatisfied. And I do feel like maybe I give in since both of y'all is so clearly invested in the season. Maybe I won't spend the next two weeks just straight hating. I got an easy solution for you on the lack of Halloween costume. All you got to do is figure out what an easy costume would be and replicate it every (laughs) single year. So for us black guys, it's easy. Get a black trench coat, get a black, uh, you know, turtleneck and be blade. Easy as that. Okay. Hey, we getting this conversation kicked off. Jamie, I'm going to kick it back to you. What was a Chicago story uh, that you were following this week? The story that I, I was covering um, a couple days ago with the student from Phillips Academy being shot and the SRO also being shot. Um, so school shootings that uh, happen in Black areas typically don't get national press. Um, and I think 
that is a, a problem because we're dealing with the same sort of gun violence that other places are dealing with. That said, there was a big push in the last couple of years to get rid of SROs, which are um, school resource officers who are usually, you know, working for CPD. But a lot of people, a lot of people want SROs to remain in schools because they believe that they keep students safe, which we're not really sure is true. Um, that said, uh, thankfully, both people survived. But I believe that this is going to sort of reignite the debate of whether or not, you know, SROs are, you know, effective in, in schools. And I think that's definitely a conversation to have. Yeah, I've been I've been following your reporting this week on it. I, uh, for people listening, you know, there was a, a shooting at Wendell Phillips High School in Bronzeville on Tuesday uh, when students were being let out. A security guard opened a side door and uh, someone opened fire, hitting both the 45-year-old security officer and a 14-year-old high school student. Also, like, we don't really talk about the trauma of reporters who have to cover these types of stories and absorb all the all, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm it's I'm not gonna lie to you, it's been a rough couple of days, dude. Like, you know, you think about, you know, yeah. how this kid, this 14-year-old kid who, you know, her mom was just outside the door waiting for her to, you know, get out of school. And and you're putting yourself in 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 her shoes and you're thinking about, you know, like what do 14-year-olds, you know, typically think about as they're, you know, they're, you know, they're so excited to be done with school, right? And then and then this happens and it just shakes your world. And it's one of those tragedies that we feel like we keep reliving in the city. And like you said, that that echo doesn't often lead outside of our city. It doesn't get that wider attention. Brandon, I know you were following this story this week as well. Yeah. And, you know, it, it also made me think about why mental health resources are even more salient and more important in these communities. Um, they've been ripped away from these communities for so long. We we need mental health counselors, especially in schools. Brandon, was there a story that you were following this week that you thought more people need to be paying attention to it, more people need to be shining a light on this? Definitely. Uh, e-scooters uh, and the potential of them coming back into the city and actually being in the city for good. Um, and it's likely going to be uh, in place by next year, in 2022. So this is exciting because one, well, there's people that obviously don't like it. Uh, if you are a driver in the city, you already have to deal with bikers on the roads, right? Now you got to deal with people on electric scooters as well. That, of course, is going to be a headache. I love but, that you're saying deal with. We we share the road, Brandon. <laughs> you share the road. I, hey, listen, well, I'm about to be on these e-scooters, so I'll be sharing the road too. So, yes, we share in the road because, hey, Chicago's behind. Over 100 cities have e-scooters, D.C., L.A., New York, and in a city like Chicago that has so many transportation gaps with public transportation, uh, a a scooter can help you, you know, connect easier to a bus or train or kind of fill that time. This can help alleviate some of that stress. So I think it's a great thing. Obviously, people are concerned about, you know, scooters piling up and creating uh, headaches and all that type of stuff. But it's going to have a measurement on there where you are not going to be able to have the scooter on the sidewalk. Uh, it'll like yeah. make a big sound uh-huh. if you take the scooter on the sidewalk. It'll be and you'll have to tie it up to something before you leave it. Has to be ducked. Yep, exactly. Just mm-hmm. like divvy bikes in a sense, right? 
Um, and these are going to work downtown. The previous pilot program did not have them downtown. This will be downtown. The mugs will, sh- the mugs will <laughs> shut the hell off. You trying to go from the West Loop into downtown. <laughs> sure and bitch be like, do, 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 nope. do, get, your, get your ass backwards. On site. Take your ass back to the West Loop. <laughs> On site, bro. On site. I'm excited uh-huh. for it. I'm very pro e-scooter. I will be riding them a lot. Jamie, did you ever cop one of those scooters? No. Um, first of all, I'm accident prone, so <laughs> my black ass will wind up like in the bushes somewhere with a broken ankle. Like I'm just, I'm not. Oh my god! I, I don't want to risk it. <laughs> like I'm very happy that we are diversifying, you know, our you know transportation modes or whatever. That's great. I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not. That's that. That's the devil's work. <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get Jamie on a scooter. It's gonna happen. Not the devil's work. And, and yeah, we we. Even when they had the pilot program, me and my homie D was downtown, definitely flexing on them scooters. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Again, drop the prices, make sure they don't clutter up, dock them somewhere. Uh, but Jamie, I feel you. When you got people out here talking about dealing with you on the road, know, that's, right? that's, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> you might not want to be on the road with saying, those I already kinds see how, how drivers, I already <laughs> see how like you know drivers deal with with cyclists. Mm-mm, you're not put, no no because no mm-hmm. I'm not gonna wind up like on somebody's bumper because they're fed up. We gonna have a scooter gang. We gonna we got you gotta roll in packs so that they can't <laughs> run up on you. You know that's what you gotta do. <laughs> roll in pack SUV boy. We about to roll up to brunch no. on our scooters. Scooter gang, let's Dude. go. Uh, <laughs> Jamie, what's a story that deserved more hype this week in the city? So the Eric Ferguson saga um, over at a W uh, like WTMX one on one. Point nine the oh, yeah, put me on game. Yeah. So, like, I grew up listening to the station. Um, I think three women have come out accusing Eric Ferguson of uh, inappropriate behavior. So far, he has been apparently at this for the last 20 years or so. And I know he's been taken off the air um, for the rest of the month. But it'd be really interesting to see um, if there are any consequences. One, uh, Melissa McKern, who uh, I think left the mm-hmm. show last Back in December. Yeah, like, I mean, like, she, like whatever happened, like, she was just so done. Like, she didn't even want to comment on it. You know, there was a account of a young lady who started at the station, um, I want to say, in um, 2004. And Eric was trying to, you know, uh, demand oral sex from her. Like, whenever they were alone, he would talk about her weight. He talked about Melissa's weight. It's just really bad behavior but he's been protected for so long yeah and ferguson's attorneys uh, you know have of course denied allegations in a lawsuit that was filed in september um and, and you're right it exists across industries and then time and time again people have been protected for decades right and you think about how many women have been driven from this industry like it it it, it really it fucks with you i i appreciate you bringing that forward um and, and talking us through that um, with every show we do, we we offer the people some good news, and every Friday we're able to offer the people three pieces uh, of some good news to get you through. Uh, so we got to get the people a moment of joy to go into the weekend. Uh, Brandon, what was a moment of joy you wanted to share with uh, the listeners of City Cash Chicago? Man, the moment of joy for me it may be a stating the obvious in a sense, but how about these Chicago Sky? They have sold out win. Trust for game three of the WNBA finals. Uh, And they could win a championship this season. That overtime game was a. Oh, wasn't that crazy? The whole whole playoffs, Jeep and cracking. The whole story is amazing. It's like a a storybook. Candace Parker comes back to her hometown. 
takes her hometown team to the championship while also kind of taking a step back in terms of like being the star of the team and kind of letting others elevate themselves through it and just kind of coaching on the floor and leading these young women uh, to greatness. And in the meantime, this great story out of Block Club Chicago this morning talking about how young girls in the city are being inspired by the performance of the sky and seeing them play and saying, hey, I can do that, too. And as a guy that believes in mirrors and that, you know, we as people are reflections of what others can see in themselves, that's powerful to have, you know, a women's basketball team in the city of Chicago doing way better than the Bulls are, and people are actually showing up for it. I love it. Yeah. Shout out to Mac Liederman over at Block Club Chicago for writing that. Yeah, they sold out 10,387 seats. That's how many wow. fans are going to be here for game three. Watch these games, man. These, like, and, and like you said, with Candace stepping back, Kylie have been hooping all playoffs Ooh. like turning Vander her game Sloot. up right vander Sloot continues Ooh. to to be the point guy quigley out there hitting clutch buckets like it's been really beautiful in a week in which our hearts got broken right we got to see the socks get molly whopped at the crib 10 to 1 so it's been amazing to turn on the sky and follow this run to the championship jamie what was your moment of joy this week what was your some good news for the people so i discovered that harold's mild sauce it's going to be sold in stores. It's already in stores. It's been in stores for the yes. last month. I think this is the biggest story of my career. Um, <laughs> you know, but there's Watergate, and now there's Harold Mild Sauce. Like, I mean, it's, it's uh, so, so yeah. So I tracked down. It's a dream come true. It is, but really, it's like, you know, I, I'm so proud of, of bringing this news. <laughs> so, no, I tracked down um, the owner of, of Harold's. And uh, she, Kristen Pierce has been working to get, you know, bottles of the sauce in stores for years. She had been selling it online uh, for, for a little bit and then COVID hit, which made it a little difficult for them to, to you know, continue. Um, she's going to resume online sales in a few weeks. But meantime, and in the meantime, you can find um, bottles of Harold's mouth sauce at Pete's um, and at Waltz's South Suburban chain. And I'm not, I'm a city girl. So i had never heard the store before. It's wild. But yeah, so you will be able to find and get your fix and put it on everything as the Lord intended. I appreciate y'all sharing both of those pieces of good news. How I'm supposed to top either of those things? Well, my good news is uh, looking forward a little bit, but by looking back. So this week I got to talk about two pretty cool historical landmarks in Chicago. Earlier, it one it's no longer here, but it's here in our hearts, which was Mr. Kelly's, which is a club that was in uh, the Gold Coast back in the 50s and the 60s. People like Richard Pryor, Barbara Streisand came through uh, and tore up the stage, Herbie Hancock. And then earlier today, I had a conversation about the Avalon Regal Theater on 79th and South Shore. And the history about this theater, which not only is an homage to the original Regal Theater in Bronzeville that was built in the 20s uh, and was the first black theater in Chicago. For me, it was just this opportunity to time travel and look at the Chicago of the past and how many different acts came through this city, how much of a true cultural hub this this place is um, and if anybody's interested in, in getting a taste of some like some throwback Chicago music this weekend at the Logan Center in Woodline is uh, the Blues Fest. And so I hope people uh, can can do a little bit of time traveling they self. 
that's my moment of joy. I appreciate both of y'all um, for yours as well, and, and for joining me to, sh to shoot the shit. It's it's always a, a joy and a pleasure to have y'all. Hey, great to be here, bro. Always Thank great. You. I appreciate it. Having Thanks. Jamie here too. You know, hey, this is great. This is a good. Group. I know. <laughs> you brought like Brandon's, Brandon's one of my favorite people. So like this is delightful. Before I let you go, I know I asked my guests today how they feeling about Halloween, but I also had to ask my team what Halloween movies they like to play during the season. Producer Samal Alisea, what's getting you through spooky season? Maybe it's a little basic, but I like Hocus Pocus, and Carrie has a special place in my heart, too. Producer Natalie Rivera, what'd you like to throw on? You know what? I'm going to have to go with Adam's Family Values. I don't remember if there is a Halloween scene in that movie. I know there's a great Thanksgiving scene, but I think it's a Halloween movie. I mean, it's the Addams Family. And newsletter writer Sydney Madden, what puts you in that Halloween spirit? I really like Twitches with Tia and Tamara Maori, where they play teen witches. It's just peak Disney Channel nostalgia. And me? I mean, y'all already heard, I don't really get down with Halloween or horror like that, so this answer might seem like a cop-out, but I'ma say it anyway. Scary Movie 1 and 2. Yeah, what's up? We also want to give a shout-out to our producer, Carrie Shepard, who was on vacation this week, but will be back with us next week. Thank you to Sam Trump and Mark Greenberg from the Mayfair Workshop for the music they provide us here at CityCast. And of course, I save my last piece of appreciation for you, the listener. I appreciate you riding with us another episode. I will talk to you on Monday. Peace. 1355. 1355. All right.